You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 226 of Podcateers. This week we talk about visiting the Freeform House, the Hatbox Ghost Tiki Cups that materialize at Walt Disney World and at Disneyland, the live-action Aladdin teaser trailer, the status of the fourth hotel slated for Downtown Disney, plus as we're gearing up for the next Teamboat Willie event, we hear from a fellow Disney fan and cancer survivor about her journey. I was sitting in the audience when she told us this story and honestly it was kind of difficult to keep it together. If you want to help our efforts to raise money for women's cancer research, head on over to TeamBoatWilly.com. Super simple to remember because it's Steamboat Willy, but without the S. Our links uh, for making a donation or joining our team will be on that page. Remember that all it takes is $1. Imagine how far it would go if 1,000 people gave us just $1. It doesn't seem like a lot, but in the big picture, it's a huge amount towards saving someone's life. So again, if you would like to join the team or make a small donation, head on over to teamboatwilly.com for more information on how you can help us out. A special thank you goes out to Maria for allowing us to share her story and to our friends at Inspired on Maine and listener and friend of the show Carla for their donations of the Cauldron Popcorn Bucket and the special Steamboat Willie Popcorn Buckets for our auctions. Speaking of auctions, a huge thank you goes out to Bill, Eddie, and Phil who won our auctions last week on Instagram. And also, of course, a big thank you goes out to everyone that participated in the auctions. We're planning on having more charity auctions soon, so make sure that you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter for more info. Just search for Podcateers on those networks. Plus, if you want to find all of us using our personal social links, head on over to podcateers.com team. Before we start this episode, thank yous are in order for our awesome fairy godparents, or as they like to call themselves, the FGP Squad, because it's their monthly support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. If you would like to become a member of the FGP Squad or just want a little bit more information, head on over to podcateers.com FGP. All right, we are ready to jump into this episode. This is episode 226 of Podcateers. I realized my fan was on. And had I not turned it off, I'm pretty sure the entire recording would have had a... (laughs) (laughs) Yay. It's almost Halloween, guys. We're like two weeks away. Dude, we are already. <laughs> can't even believe it. Are you guys dressing up for Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. Melissa, what are you dressing Ooh. up as? Wednesday Adams. Oh, nice. Nice. Aww. Gavin? I haven't planned anything yet. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> AJ and BJ? I don't think we're we're dressing up, but <laughs> BJ's probably going to say something as, I'm going to dress up as myself. Get out of my head. <laughs> was I gonna, right? Was I'm I just right? gonna recycle my famous uh, orange shirt that says costume on it that Dude, AJ that. hates, and every time I wear it, I always get compliments on it. And she's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> it's so funny!" But it's the best for costume the, ever. The oh Halloween gosh. party or Mickey's Halloween party. Instead of getting the boys' costumes, Lynette ended up buying them just Halloween type T-shirts, right? And the one that she got for our oldest son, 
uh, has Pikachu on it, and then it says, "This is my Pikachu costume." Oh, nice! <laughs> so nice. it's very similar to yours. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah, BJ wears that every year. Every year. I wish yeah. I had one. I the best twelve dollars I ever spent. Oh gosh! I actually copied it from uh, Selena Gomez on Wizards of Waverly Place. That's funny. <laughs> I was like, that's a dope t-shirt. I'm going to make one. <laughs> I like how Melissa's going to be Wednesday Adams on a Wednesday. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. I was going to say that wow. earlier. <laughs> I don't that's even funny. know what day it is today. So. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm Wednesday Adams on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, hey, speaking of Halloween, you guys ended up going to that Freeform house, right? Yes. We did. How was that? Long. Uh. (laughs) It was really, really cool. It was in the middle of L.A. at the Lombardi House. They do a lot of events, weddings, things like that there. And they transformed it into the Freeform House. Ooh. Um, Yeah, it was was pretty cool. It was uh, free, so that was the cool thing about it. Um, So if you were able to sign up, then you had... I think they did it from, I want to say like Thursday through Monday Mm -hmm. um, of this past week. We had a time to go between 8.30 and 9, but when we got there, all the time slots were just basically thrown out the window, and they just made everybody stand in this huge line. So it took about two, almost two hours to get through this line of security check and getting a wristband and signing a waiver, and then... Before they let you into the house. What was the waiver um, for? Just so if they take pictures and you oh, can be okay. on. Oh, or video. I thought or it was video. like too spooky and it was going to give you like a heart attack or something. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just said, yeah, 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 accept, sign. <laughs> Let's just get this over. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we made the mistake of not eating before because I thought we were going to be between 8 39, get out by maybe 9 30, grab something to eat. No, we didn't get it. We got there at 8 30 and we didn't get into the house till almost 11 11 o'clock so Hi. and then wow. once you get in then there's all these other lines to take pictures it was basically all these cool picture spots you know mm-hmm. from oogie boogie's uh lair to um what else oh, was the there spiral hill from nightmare before christmas mm-hmm. and the sanderson's cottage mm-hmm. from hocus yeah. pocus um what else was there oh you could frankenstein's lab yeah frank that was cool (laughs) i don't know was it was it that yeah or was it no what was the frankenweenie's what's the doctor from um nightmare before christmas finkelstein is that what it yeah i think that's i think it's actually his uh his lab oh cool that's cool so aj got to uh, aj has this thing about food and animation (laughs) yes like, I don't know what it was, like when Cinderella was making the tea for the evil stepsisters, mm-hmm. or what's another one? The fairy godmothers making the cake for Sleeping Beauty, and whenever Sally was, like, making her little soup, they had mm-hmm. Sally's soup there with the spoon with the little holes in it. That nice. was really cool. So living my best life over there. I was so <laughs> excited for oh, that photo I- op. I misunderstood. Like, I understood that you had this thing against food from cartoons or something. No, I, I oh, really okay. liked it. 
<laughs> I was like, that seems right. so unlike you. I still really I would have like thought it. you'd be the first one to be like, ooh, cartoon food. Let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was just, it was really cool. That was, was my, obviously soup? my favorite. I did not try it. Oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would have been bad. <laughs> But they also had like the vase for the deadly nightshade. Yeah, and frog's this, breath. Nice. Yeah, there's this frog in the frog's breath with the frog inside the jar. <laughs> yeah. Is that like nice. a chocolate frog? So <laughs> I wish it was a chocolate frog. I think these are just props, right? Yeah, they're just yes. props. Yeah, and you couldn't oh. take them, take them, or uh, you couldn't pick them up to take pictures with them, which was except for the spoon. <laughs> what? No, yeah, except for the spoon. I was like, oh, somebody's gonna take this spoon one of these days. Watch. Yeah. It's going to be on eBay. <laughs> you never All you know. have to do is drill a hole. I know. But, you know, people are going to be like, oh, it's authentic. <laughs> it's from the movie. <laughs> so let's right. make a whole bunch. We'll put but them up for, for auction. The they had the Sanderson, uh, Sanderson's Cottage, which had um, a picture spot where you could um, sit on the vacuum cleaner. Like uh -huh. it's going over the moon or over the moon, like in front of the moon. So it's like you're flying. They had that. Nice. They had uh, the book, which uh, the eye did not move around, so people weren't getting scared. But they had the black, uh, black the black candle. Black candle. Yeah, Ooh. that was really cool. And then also her cauldron, where you That's could actually cool. put some items in it, like fingers and eyeballs and stuff like that. <laughs> Dead so, man's toe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so was there a line for each and every one of those single things? Yeah. Yeah. So oh once you got into the house, uh -huh. there were still lines to take the photos. So how many lines oh. did you guys stand in? We we probably only did how many pictures? Five different picture uh -huh. um, picture spots. Yeah, but kind a of couple many? of them. There's a lot. There was one, two, three, four, five, like about a dozen six, of them. Seven, eight. There was probably at least four or five at each location. Oh. Um, and then they had other ones with like the tombstones of, mm -hmm. did you see the one where we posted of, uh, Woody and Buzz mm, yes. that was... <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners, uh, the tombstone on Sheriff Woody's, it said the snake in his boot was real dot, 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 and poisonous. So <laughs> that was funny with the boot oh. and an actual snake coming out <laughs> and like, yeah. and Buzz Lightyear said, um, doomed for, in doomed for eternity and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I like that funny. one. It was good. There was cool picture spots, but yeah, when you're standing in line for almost two hours just to get in, and then you have to stand in line to and like, you didn't eat. <laughs> we yeah, it was just because we were hangry, and they had butterfingers there. There was a ton of butterfingers, and nobody ate them. <laughs> they were giving them away. <laughs> they should have had photo. Snickers. If yeah, they had people standing off. in line and they were getting hangry, Snickers mm -hmm. would have been the bar they needed. <laughs> I definitely wasn't feeling like myself. Snickers <laughs> with almonds. <laughs> I think have we need guys, to take a Snickers break. Have you seen that commercial? <laughs> where Which one? the guys are driving in the car and one of them's like, oh, I love this new Snickers with almonds. He's like, almonds. He's like, that's what I said, almonds. He's like, almonds. <laughs> He's like, almonds. That's what Is I said. And he throws them out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a newer that. one? Yeah. Uh, the, I think the latest one I've seen is the Elton John one where he's rapping. I haven't seen Wait, that what? one. Yeah, I haven't this, seen that this, one either. These guys are doing a, a rap battle, and then one guy is Elton John, and he starts singing. <laughs> and they're like, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> no, man, have a Snickers. He ain't yourself. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he starts rapping. 
Those are funny. Um, Classic. But yeah, it was a cool experience. Um, I mean, if you're one of those must do it for the Instagram, uh, this was, you know, your cup of tea. But for us, we were like, okay, this that's great. We get it. Let's just go. <laughs> it's kind of it sad really that they gave you though. a fast pass and then they were all like, stand in line. Yeah. I mean, if it was just like, go. I don't even know why they had you wait in that long line if you were going to be waiting in lines inside. But, you know, that's that's what they did. That's pretty horrible. But we got cool pictures out of it and they were free. So and the whole event was free. So that was yeah. that was good. But this one, it, it took a while for it to fill up. So but it eventually, quote unquote, sold out. Oh, yeah. By the time we tried. Uh, but then again, in all fairness, I did try the next day after you sent it to me. Uh, <laughs> I tried because I was trying to figure out if Lynette and I could go. And we were trying to figure out the logistics of, you know, work and picking up the kids and all that stuff. But by the time we had made a decision, the tickets were sold out for the two days that we would have had a chance to go. And so we ended up not going. I think whenever you get a Disney thing, you just sign up. Like, I did not even hesitate. I just picked the time. Like, okay, Sunday, I yeah, sure, 8.30. Cool. Because I was afraid <laughs> it was going to sell out. And I was yeah. telling all our friends, do 8.30 to 9. And then... One of them was actually saying, oh, I can only get 8 to 8.30. I'm like, fine, we'll all go at 8.30 at the same time. But, yeah, anytime you get a Disney, like, if the tweet comes out or Disney Parks blog puts out something or anything Disney, I'm just like, put in my name. What is? What am I signing up for? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Pretty when much. you stand in line and you He's don't know what it's lying. for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, well, they could be charging me $400. I would not even know because I just signed up. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag pro tip. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, they need to do raffles for those things. Yeah, like in Tokyo, the lottery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because it seems like the people that are just camping out, like, you know, hovering like vultures, they all swoop in and buy it up. And the people that, you know, don't have the ability to haunt the Internet like that, one, or you know, have the day off because they usually do it like at weird times. Right. Yeah. It's never like, Oh, Hey, this Saturday afternoon when everybody's off work, we're going to release this. Yeah. It's like a Tuesday morning. (laughs) Like, right. Uh, Agree. Exactly. Exactly. Or maybe they should do like for the Halloween parties, they should do different date. Like just put them out on different days for different dates. Yeah. Like stagger them. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Because the only other way I know you could get a ticket going to the Halloween parties is if you stay at one of the hotels. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. true. That's you can right. still that's get true. tickets if yeah, you're at a hotel. Yeah, even the night of, you could still get, well, wow. I know last year and the year before, we had friends that stayed at the hotel, and they're like, hey, do you want tickets? We're like, it's sold out. They're like, no, you could still buy them if you're staying at the hotel. Hmm. Wow. Well, I'm glad you guys had a chance to go. It looks like it was super fun. I would have wanted to ride around on a vacuum. It just seems like like the fun thing to do on Halloween. Like, who needs a broom? I got a vacuum. It's got more horsepower behind it. (laughs) Zoom through the air with those sparkles shooting out the back. It's great. I love it. Uh, Hey, I want to pivot the conversation a little bit because, as you guys know, uh, you know, Melissa and I, huge fans of the Hatbox Ghost. And uh, Walt Disney World released a tiki mug with the Hatbox Ghost. What? Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't even make sense. The internet basically <laughs> lost its collective head mind. Yeah, that's, that's a nice a good way, way to say it. it. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, including me. I think Melissa and I were both kind of going nuts over the whole process. And I remember just texting people frantically. Can you get this for me? Are you? Can you? Can you? Ah, ah, ah. Just like that. Good thing they and didn't hear that in the text. I'm pretty sure they did. Was it I, I'm pretty note? sure I spelled out A-A-A. Capital A. Capital A. Lowercase A. <laughs> lowercase Q. Silent R. A-A-A. So uh, we were frantically trying to get somebody to get these for us. And somebody told me something that was very interesting. I wasn't able to get confirmation on this. But if this is true, I think it's going to change the game uh, of how they distribute or sell these limited edition products. My buddy Rich, shout out to my buddy Rich, who's out at Walt Disney World right now. I sent him a message and I said, hey, can you try to get these? It's a limit of two. I want one for me and one for my friend Melissa. He said, all right, where do they have it? It's at the Polynesian. He said, all right, cool. They made the trek all the way to the Polynesian. And this was early in the afternoon. And he got back to me maybe three hours later and he said, hey, so we made the trek to the Polynesian and they said that they sold out for the day that we should come back tomorrow to get one. And that was an interesting comment to me because it made me feel that they're regulating how much they put out into the world on a daily basis, basically allowing more people the opportunity to purchase this. I think that's pretty awesome if this is actually true. Well, like Vijay mentioned, they have done it a little bit with the in-park, like souvenir buckets and sippers and things like that, where they've, you know, trickled them out, you know, like an allotted amount per day. So maybe with some of these limited edition collectible items, they've decided to do the same thing. And I agree, it makes a lot of sense as far as fairness is concerned. And it makes me hopeful that, you know, we'll be able to, you know, get some of those limited items because right now, like, well, like when we were at the, um, the parks to celebrate our little Mickey's 90th anniversary party, right? That was Mm -hmm. the day they released that Funko of the hitchhiking ghost. Tears. And that, that sucker was (laughs) sold out within like an hour or two of opening Mm -hmm. in all three locations. And there was no more ever again. And it's, it seems like if they would have spread it out, then, you know, maybe those collector people walking out with giant trash bags full of them. Only five people got to buy them. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Right. Yeah. We talked about it before. Just kind of, it puts a damper on the magic and the, the coolness of, you know, being able to acquire something neat like that at the park. And, if they can find a way to let the real fans, the people who want it most for themselves, uh, to get it, then that's the way to go. I like how they they were limiting it to two per person. Or would you rather see that, like a limit of two, or just produce way more so everybody could have it I, and not make I'm, it so limited? Yeah, I was surprised at how limited that uh, Hitchhiking Ghost Funko was. That was supremely limited to me. And you'd think they would know when they have something that'll sell hand over fist. Like a Hatbox Ghost Tiki Muck. Mm -hmm. They could sell tens of thousands of these things within the first year if they wanted to. But it just seems like, you know, it's, it's kind of always been the Disney tradition to play in that realm of exclusivity you know they do it with the vault you know they want to keep their movies a little bit exclusive like you can't just go into any store on any day and get any disney movie and i think that's kind of part of their brand 
But I think they do need to expand a little bit. Yeah, they need to do bigger runs. Even if it's limited, that it needs to be a larger run. I mean, I think that Hatbox Ghost Funko, or not, or the Hitchhiking Ghost Funko is the best example so far because, I mean, that was so limited and so many people that truly wanted it, now their only option is to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars on eBay. You know, by some scalper, basically, on eBay. Yeah. And that's just not magical at all. And so it, it ruins the whole point of it. I see... I see companies like Funko because it's not owned by Disney doing like the limited, you know, only 10,000 made. But with the Hatbox Ghost Cup, I mean, make 300,000 of those things. They're all going to sell. Right. And even if they don't sell and they end up at Company D, they're still going to (laughs) sell. Sure. You know, and they're still they're still going to make the money they spent on it. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we're ever going to see the day where they're only going to allow one per pass or one per ticket that'd be awesome because at this point it's getting ridiculous like how we have to either camp out or we've got to sacrifice so much more to just grab one of these items it's been frustrating as a huge mansion fan to not be able to grab these items even while being at the park Mm -hmm. on that day Mm -hmm. so i just hope like something comes out i really like that there's only two limit you know that's cool yeah I just would like to see it a little bit more easier for those who would really treasure their, those items. Sure. Yeah. Or if it if it sells really quickly and really fast and they're like, oh, this was a hot item. Because I get it. Sometimes you don't know if a product is going to work, right? With a limited edition Disney product, it's pretty much guaranteed. But right. you never know. It'd be nice if they said, okay, here's the limited first edition of whatever. Let's just say 1,000. And they sell out in 20 minutes. Then they're like, okay, this is hot stuff. Let's go ahead and put this into production. And then they come out with, you know, uh, whatever, a second edition, which, you know, is non-numbered and non-exclusive. You know, maybe there was an embellishment on the exclusive first 1,000. Then they just put a regular edition out there and they can make tons of money on that. And then everybody can get it, you know, and it may not have like, you know, a little hand-painted flourish, you know, that they would have added to the exclusive ones. But otherwise, it's essentially the exact same thing. Right. You know, I don't know why they don't do more stuff like that. Because, you know, that Funko or this Tiki mug, which we're talking about, they could sell over and over and over and over again. You actually brought up a good point, the Pirate Steins. Yes. The first Mm -hmm. editions that came out actually had like a gold tint over them Mm -hmm. and now these that they finally had sold and they're now sold out they had more of a reddish hue so i wonder if they could do that i i love that point that you just brought out Mm -hmm. yeah it could be something just as simple as the numbering aspect Uh, honestly i love that approach way more than what you mentioned earlier about producing more of the product because that's the whole point of having something limited the whole point of having Mm -hmm. a collectible is that there aren't that many out in the world and the more that you produce with the collectible moniker then you've just devalued the product if you create a a first edition then that's great you know you you release the first edition like you said they're numbered maybe and then the global pressing that goes to everybody doesn't have the numbering on it it could be something Mm -hmm. that simple i i'm okay with them like with the funko 
the the haunted mansion one i'm okay that they produced that amount because it is a limited edition item i just didn't like how they handled the distribution and how many people could purchase i think it would have been just better if it limited to one and like melissa said if we ever get to a point where they have to scan your ap and you can only buy one per annual pass that's fantastic you know because it does allow you that buffering where more people will end up with the product and if you know somebody that doesn't want it but is willing to buy it for you then great but at least they only got one and they didn't leave with 10 you know right. what i mean yeah so, yeah mm -hmm. yeah i like that that i think that's a a really great way to approach it and i hope that disney does take that route in the future especially with these limited edition products i mean as mansion fans Right now, we're seeing a couple of these things, but it's, I mean, this is the shallow end of the pool. We're approaching the anniversary of the mansion next year, and mm -hmm. it's a big anniversary, and we are going to be drowning in haunted mansion gear next year. You know? <laughs> we're going to so, be broke. And, and then we have the expo, and like my pockets cannot take this. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mention... Um, I get the whole limited thing, but these things aren't numbered, right? Like the Stein or these yeah. um, Hatbox mugs. The, like, how do you know what the number edition is? The Hatbox you know? Ghost Mug at Disney World has something that, that distinguishes it as such. It'll say, like, one out of 10,000 or one out of, you know what I mean? It like, it'll say actually that be numbered. I remember reading something on the bottom that made it seem that we, like it was a special edition run. We'd have to verify it. If somebody can send us a picture, if you got one, can you let us know what it says on the bottom? Like, even if it doesn't, I think that just goes to to our point that if it did, it would help with the exclusivity of the product. I mean, yeah. the biggest right now, part of the exclusivity is the one that is available currently at Walt Disney World. The cup itself doesn't have a face. The face is down in the hat box. And this last week, we found out that Disneyland is getting the Tiki Cup 2, and people lost it, but most people didn't realize that the one at Disneyland has the face on the body and not in the hat box. So that's already two different versions of the cup. So one is exclusive to Disneyland. The other one's exclusive to Walt Disney World. That's, that's cool. really cool. That's cool. I'm glad yeah. they did that. How about if they... Because you know how they release like, all the people on Instagram of... Besides the ones they buy, they're like, oh, I, I got it first. Look at look at me. Hashtag. Um, but if they release it, like, say, this, you know, Hatbox Ghost mug, like, on Disney Parks blog, and you could pre-order it, like, some of the games you could buy, you know? So then they know how many to make. So then everybody gets mm -hmm. it. Because I get the whole limited thing, but, I mean, it's nobody's really buying it. If you're a lover for mansion and everything, you're buying it because you love the mansion. You're not yeah. buying it because it's a limited thing. You know what I mean? It's, I think it's different for Disney fans buying something because they love that thing. It reminds them of their childhood or whatever, the, whatever happy memory they have with it. It's not really right. a, oh, I'm buying it because it's one out of 10,000. You know, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've bought stuff like that, though. But you bought it because it was limited or because yeah. you love the the item? Kind of both. I mean, okay. I for people that have been listening to the podcast for a while, you guys know that I'm a huge Magic fan. Magic Johnson? <laughs> cool. Yes, Magic Johnson. Yes. Sports. Sports. Cool. There we go. <laughs> Glad and we got that sorted out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would say about six to eight years ago, Magic had this 
mini resurgence. And so in order to capitalize on that, a lot of companies were working with the United States playing card company and making custom decks of cards with different designs, different colors and different facings. And it was insane how many custom decks you could get. There was one deck that got super insanely popular called the ghost deck. It was all black cards with white pips the first run was limited and so they mm -hmm. capitalized on it and sold each deck for like $15 a piece when they experimented with the cards for instance they use different formulations for the coating that goes on it so they glide better better for doing certain types of tricks but it gets expensive so then they do a second run that's less expensive with the general coating that's out for the public like you were talking about Gavin and now they sold the second edition of the ghost deck for like five bucks a pop at Target Right. Oh, so nice. that's how it kind of came. But then there was slight differences, like some of the pips were slightly changed or they were smaller visual differences in the deck that if you knew just by glancing at it, you knew, yeah, you have a first edition or a second edition. And I think that goes to what you were saying, Gavin, if they made it just different enough where the limited ones like you can clearly tell like oh well this one has brown painting in the tiki to make it look like this and then the second run has like oh well this one has green grass on it you know like mm -hmm. that would be the differentiating factor so I, they could do tons of things but i'm i think with technology the way that it is now i think we're more likely to see something where 3d printing is getting insanely cheap and so we might even get to a point where instead of pre-ordering like this specific mug where they say, oh, hey, you know, let's see how many we pre-order. Maybe in your pre-order process, you type in your name and a portion of it has like a little placard where your name is engraved or printed on the cup itself. And so they're all custom printed going forward. You know what That'd I mean? That'd be cool. So yeah, that'd be awesome. Then it's a limit of one of one. One of one, unless <laughs> unless you have like a name like John, right? Then they could pre-print all the Bort ones, all the John ones, and then they just have them available. But how many hazens like, are they gonna have? A hundred thousand hazens. But they're all mine. But they're all mine. I will never run out. Well, hopefully you're able to get one of these mugs when it comes out on Tuesday. Oh. We're going to try. I wish I could be there. I have a meeting early that morning at work, and I can't really get out of that one, so I have to be there. And it starts at 8. Trader Sam's is opening at 7 for mm -hmm. people Crazy. to be able to purchase this. So I'm assuming people are going to be yeah. lining up in an hour. <laughs> well, if it's only two, limit per two, then yeah. hopefully it'll still be a lot left. I mean, yeah. I just found out I don't have work on Tuesday, so maybe I might just go with Gavin. We can hang out in line. There you go. And then we'll sell then them on the a, side. Get a cocktail it's sold at out. <laughs> Well, my original goal was to get one for me and for Melissa when my buddy Rich was out in Walt Disney World. But if I had the opportunity to go get this on Tuesday, I would buy the two, one for me and one for us to auction off for Team Boat Willie. Because cool. it is one of those cool. products where, you know, just like I mentioned with the other auctions that we had – if you live in Southern California or you live anywhere within the vicinity of Walt Disney World, you can easily get one of these products if you can make it to the park or know somebody that can make it or, you know, a cast member. But once you go out of state, it's almost impossible for you to collect these items unless you want to pay the inflated eBay price. When the idea came up to auction these items off, 
I thought, well, that's great. I mean, if somebody's willing to pay the 80 or $90 for one of these products, at least we're putting it towards something good, right? Mm-hmm. We're putting yeah. it towards something that's going to save somebody's life. And while we're on that subject, I just want to say thank you to everybody that participated in our auctions this last weekend. We had a really great response, and I think we might be able to do this one more time before the actual walk. Uh, We might have some more items for sale that will benefit our fundraiser. But thank you, everybody. I, I want to thank the winners of the auctions. You guys are amazing. Thank you for for just. Uh, being there, being engaged, telling people about the auctions. One of the funniest things I saw was the back and forth for the Steamboat Willie popcorn bucket. I mean, we we brought in a good amount of money for that one. Melissa, you found an amazing product to auction off, so thank you for that. You're welcome. And actually, a big thank you to Carla. Carla's the one that got us the bucket. She actually drove nearly two hours to get this bucket for us. That's amazing. Yeah, so shout out to Carla. Yes. And uh, you could find her on Instagram at the Disney Fashionista. This is all thanks to her. And we were so excited and giddy to just raise some funds for this cause. Heck yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So we'll put a link to Carla's Instagram account in the blog post for the episode, podcasters.com slash 226. Make sure that you go over, give her a follow, say thank you. You know, she's got a really good stream. She likes to cosplay and she does a lot of Disney bounding as well. I remember when I met her was for Villains Day and she was dressed as Dr. Facilier. Uh, I mean, she does a really good job (laughs) with her Disney bounds. So, Carla, thank you so much. You've made a huge difference and you've contributed to saving somebody's life. So thank you very much for your help. Um, You know, speaking of which, I wanted to bring up a couple of things since we're talking about Team Boat Willie and we're talking about our fundraising efforts. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Walt Disney was connected with City of Hope uh, many, many years ago. Wow. I wouldn't have known I'd, that. No idea. Hey, I worked there and I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. And so we were researching a bunch of stuff and it somehow came up that there was some videos where they're celebrating the opening of the Disneyland Hotel mm-hmm. and there's a fundraiser for City of Hope at the same time. Hmm. And so there's one clip that we found where Walt Disney walks over to the host and he starts talking about how the city of hope has done, you know, a lot to help a lot of people and that he's happy to have help with this. And, and I thought, Whoa, there's like a huge connection here, especially now that Disney is the sponsor putting on walk for hope this year. Uh, I tried to get permission to play the audio clip for that. You guys are aware that Disney didn't own the hotels for a really long time, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So the company that owned the hotels, they were really good friends with Walt. The owners were good friends with him. And so when Walt was building Disneyland, he didn't have money to build the hotel. He said, hey, you guys build it. We'll work this out. And it wasn't until around 2008 where Disney acquired the hotels when the family sold the Disney company all the rights to all of what they owned. And so all this video for this, uh, I forgot what they called it, um, Telerama, I think is what they called it, (laughs) was all owned by the hotel company. And so I was trying to figure out who to ask for permission to allow us to play the video and to rebroadcast it, basically. And it comes down to Disney now owns the footage because it all went to the Disney company because it was owned by the hotel owners originally. 
So I haven't gotten an official word on whether or not we can replay that or whether we can get a copy to rebroadcast this or, you know, show it to our listeners. But uh, remember I told you guys that we had the breakfast where I met uh, Bob Chapek and stuff because he was there to talk about everything. We had a patient there who is just weeks away at this point from being 10 years in remission. And that's huge because at the time there wasn't a lot of hope for the stage that she was in. And so she was admitted to City of Hope and she talked uh, a little bit about how the day before she was going to start treatment, she said, you know what, before we do this, I don't want to be in chemo. I don't want this. I don't want that. I want to go to Disneyland. And so she spent the day at Disneyland with her family. And then the next day she started it. Uh, I, I mean, I could tell you all about this and it, honestly, I don't think it would mean anything coming from me, but I did speak with her. Her name is Maria. She's a super nice person. She did give me permission to play her story on the podcast. And so wow. if you guys um, would allow us to, we want to share Maria's story with you guys. Uh, I mean, I got super emotional listening to her and I kind of get like that listening to some of the families talk about what they've been through and how you know they suffered how their kids have suffered how you know and so i wanted to share that with you guys so we're going to switch over to maria's speech right now i have my peak mickey pen with me today (laughs) and the latin version of a princess (laughs) outfit so here i am Thank you, Vincent, for that great introduction. I will do my best. Um, but thank you, Bob, for your leadership and Disney for your sponsorship. Um, it's incredible how much you have put into us, and I know how much more you are still going to be working to make this the best and most profitable and notable walk to date. So good morning, everyone. Today marks the official kickoff for the 2018 Walk for Hope, and I am honored and thrilled to have been asked to be the first Walk for Hope ambassador. So, hey, me. In preparation for today, I went back and reviewed the notes I took during those very first consultations because I think I blocked a lot of those moments out. For me, everything stood still after hearing the words, you have cancer. I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer, as well as being told that I carried the BRCA1 gene. To give you an idea of what that means, I did a little research, and I found that in 2008, just one year before I was diagnosed, a published study found that women with an abnormal BRCA1 gene had a worse prognosis than women with an abnormal BRCA2 gene five years after diagnosis. And just last month, another publication stated that triple negative breast cancer tends to be more aggressive than other types of breast cancer. Studies have shown that triple negative breast cancer is more likely to spread beyond the breast and more likely to reoccur after treatment. So now consider being a 33-year-old and diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer and told you carried the BRCA1 gene. That was my reality. The prognosis didn't feel very promising, but I was here at City of Hope, and so I clinged to that name, and I had hope that I would beat the odds. 
I underwent almost six months of chemotherapy, numerous surgeries, and physical therapy. I was and am the type of person that smiles and likes to laugh a lot. I love being around people and having a good time. So knowing what I was facing and anticipating some very tough days ahead, I refused to start chemo before I went to Disneyland. And Dr. Mortimer could vouch for that because I told her, no, we need to reschedule that. So my cousin went out and she got me some tickets and off we went with an Akuna Matata attitude. Can you tell Dr. Mortimer is my doctor? We share that same joking style. <laughs> I was soaking wet all day from Splash Mountain. I lost my voice in a mad tea party, staying along in It's a Small World, and took a rest on the Disneyland Railroad. I enjoyed every last second of that day until the park closed and we were very kindly escorted off the park. <laughs> now I think cancer patients should get a little more time on that park after docs so, so dark. So Bob, you know, if you know anyone that can make that happen, <laughs> just kind of putting it out there. But that very next day, no matter how tired and no voice I had, I started my chemo. That was almost 10 years ago. But I'm here, standing here today. and the devotion you all have for City of Hope. I didn't have an easy time during my treatments. In actuality, it was incredibly difficult. But I did my best to make it through each day with a smile and a joke. I've had an amazing support of family and friends, three of the most important people in my life are here with me today. Um, my mom, my brother and my boyfriend. The rest are sending their virtual applause and high fives. They have seen me through some very highs and have held me up during my lowest lows. In nearly 10 years of my journey, I have lost two aunts to ovarian cancer. I've had two very good friends beat it. I've had one dear City of Hope friend lose her battle with breast cancer. One aunt, one cousin, and 17 friends have survived it. City of Hope doesn't just treat cancer. They discover new, innovative treatments. It is a research facility and is highly regarded as one of the nation's leading cancer treatment centers. It takes so much research and doctors to discover new treatments, procedures, and protocols. And it takes patients like myself to join the clinical trials to make things like that happen but it takes funding, and that's where you guys come in. I volunteered for every clinical trial that I was a candidate for, and I was fortunate that they worked. I recently started seeing commercials for those clinical trial drugs, and they are now standard protocol. They were part of history, just as we were. That is mind-blowing to me. It gave me the shivers the very first time I saw those commercials because I was a part of that clinical trial that is now saving countless of lives. That is what your donations and fundraising does. You are saving lives. I am so incredibly grateful for the second chance that I look for ways to give back. It started with me bringing candy to my entire team at the Women's Center in October. It was my small way of saying thank you. 
But then I learned I could do something that would impact the entire patient population here at City of Hope. I joined the Patient and Family Advisory Council, lovingly referred to as the PFACT about eight years ago. Our mission is to make recommendations based on our knowledge and personal experience to elevate the medical care and support services for patients and family members at City of Hope. In April of this year, I completed my two-year term as chair for that council. I am currently the co-chair for the Patient Family Advisory Council for the Comprehensive Cancer Center Contorium of Quality Improvement, also known as C4QI. I represent City of Hope on this committee as well. The mission there is, for the work group, is to develop best practices and guidelines for PFACs specifically in the context of cancer care. I am also on the Alliance of Dedicated Cancer Centers Committee where I am also representing the patient voice on behalf of City of Hope. I have been a peer mentor to young breast cancer patients that needed to speak to someone they knew had gone through and were, had faced what they were now facing. They could share her, their experience, concerns, and fears during that very difficult time. Cancer treatments are grueling and can take so much from you, but the passion everyone at the Women's Center has for their work and the way patients are treated are why City of Hope is one of the nation's leading cancer institutes. The ultimate purpose of this walk is to raise money so these talented doctors and researchers can do the work they do and continue to save lives. I am living proof that your donations and fundraising efforts work. Let's dream big this year and make it the biggest and best we can and put all those donations to work and keep saving lives by finding better treatments, ways to diagnose sooner, and the ultimate dream to one day find a cure. It's every little girl's dream to share the stage with the Disney character that make up our childhood memories. And since I am still, and always will be, my mom's little girl, I can't wait until November 4th when I get to realize that little girl's dream. My dream, however, as a breast cancer survivor, that in a few short months will be celebrating her 10-year remission, is to be a part of a place, process, and journey to one day cure cancer. Before I go, I want to leave you with one of my favorite Disney character quotes from Cinderella. If you keep on believing, the dreams that you wish will come true. So again, thank you. So Maria, thank you very much for allowing us to share your story. Uh, if you guys are interested in helping us out for our fundraiser for Team Boat Willie, Head on over to teamboatwilly.com. You will find links to donate to our team there. You can also join the team and help us raise some money. You can donate to any of our individual fundraising pages. You'll find all the links there. To everybody that's helped contribute, to bid, who bid on the auctions, who's going to bid on our future auctions, anybody that's bought any of Gavin's Inktober drawings, you guys are amazing. You guys are all making a positive impact in this world we truly appreciate your support and let's keep going Heck yeah agreed okay so before we talked about that patient you mentioned the disneyland hotel and a bit of bit of its history uh and we got some big news from the disney company regarding its forthcoming hotel we have a Lo theme right <laughs> drum roll drum roll so please <laughs> they're not building the hotel hotel wow. of wow. never wow. never land 
<laughs> right? Oh. It's an imaginary hotel. It's like Elliot. Uh, so, so but Elliot's real with almost as many <laughs> That's lights. True. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah. So I don't. It's weird because this was going to totally reshape that whole end of the Disneyland Resort. So now it's almost like, uh, like I feel kind of unfulfilled, even though I wasn't that excited about the hotel. But I just feel like, well, shoot, now what? So I, I'm interested to see what. <laughs> is going to be in the future for that part of the resort. But we know that they're temporarily reopening Earl of Sandwich. Um, maybe that will become permanent. <laughs> maybe the other locations that they close will reopen as well. Um, haven't heard anything yet. But but what do you guys think about this? Do you think that they're just going to rework it and find a way in the future to build another hotel? Or, like, I don't know what to make of this, really. It's pretty interesting because the elections, there's going to be three seats opening. So we don't know what's going to happen if anything were to happen. Maybe they may change their mind. Maybe they may continue. I don't know. But there was a comment that I had seen on Facebook by Sam. And I agreed with her. She had mentioned something along the line of just revamping downtown Disney. You know, give it some life. Personally, I've seen the food trucks there that they've tr that they've had by the stage that's no longer there. Um, it's still there. Oh, it's still there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, well, they had food trucks there, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of give it some life. I miss the liveliness. I miss having to go to the movie theaters. Just different options. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, if the hotel's not going to happen, you know, just let's give some life. Something. It's just sad. It's just overall just a sad situation. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they're, you know, on that note, they're bringing in some new locations and, you know, new businesses to downtown Disney with Salt and Straw. And, mm -hmm. you know, last year they brought in The Void. And, uh, you know, some of that is great. But I, I do think that downtown Disney as a whole needs to be plussed and just totally revamped and new life needs to be brought in there so maybe this will be the impetus to do that and that to me would be very exciting if they you know could make it seem a little more contemporary um, you know I, there is a little envy I think we all have um, with Disney Springs in Florida <laughs> which looks Agreed. just incredible I, I really would love to visit that so yeah I think that's a that's an area of the resort here that's definitely lacking. And now that they're not going to do this hotel, they obviously had a crap ton of money set aside for it. So right. where's that money going to go? It's going to go somewhere. Land. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it, it, could it go may go to, to Marvel. More Marvel themed. Yeah, it may go to yeah. Marvel. But I, I think a, a chunk of it should definitely be invested in downtown Disney. If I had a pick, I would bring in deluxe burger from Ooh. disney springs because yes. there's only one in the nation owned and operated by disney so wow that, and they're <laughs> their burgers the burgers and the fries and the sauces their oh, the fries sauces. take like three days to make yeah it's wow. a three-day process for they're these fries. so good they're aged wow. they're aged fries yes they are <laughs> they're flash fried they're blanched they're it's yeah it's just ridiculous but wow. really good spot um, but yeah, we definitely need more restaurants because we were just there last night to, um, try out salt and straw, which is, it was, I thought it was great. Bomb. We've had it before, but you know, 
we're really excited for this new option. New ice cream. Mm, ice cream with bugs. Hey, it was good. I will say that Wait, I... what? Okay. So, <laughs> a little detour real quick because, you know, food. <laughs> food. Um, so, at Salt and Straw, they have three limited edition flavors, and one of them has real bugs in it. We're talking <gasps> chocolate-covered crickets and <laughs> toffee something mealworms. Meal I tried it, and it's, in a, <laughs> it's a grass green matcha ice cream. Ooh. And it was really good. If you close your eyes, you could not taste anything. <laughs> even when you open your eyes, you don't BJ taste anything. BJ ate your ice when, cream? <laughs> you couldn't that way even you can't really, taste anything? <laughs> you couldn't even see, like, crickets. It was just, like, chunks <laughs> of chocolate. It's, it's like, you, for you, Hazen, have you ever had, like, anything, a Mexican dish where you're like, oh, this is really good, but you don't know what's in it? And then you find out, you're like, oh. Like for Filipinos, no. we have chocolate meat, which is no chocolate and no meat. No. I won't say what's in it, but you as a kid, I was like, wow, it. this is really good. And when I found out what's in it, I was like, never again. <laughs> I don't get very squeamish about this, like foods, because honestly, there are parts of the world where people find this as their daily meals, right? Oh, yeah, this yeah, is how sure. they sustain themselves. So obviously if they can live off of this, there's something to it. Yeah. Timon we... and Pumbaa eat this all the time too. <laughs> they yeah. <are> cartoons. I mean, <laughs> earlier this year, our buddy brought us uh, different boxes of like chocolate covered grasshoppers and salt and vinegar uh, grasshoppers and all these different animals to try because he thought it was going to be so funny. And then we tried them all and he's like, they didn't make you sick. I was like, no, they taste like salt and vinegar chips, but a little bit more on the sunflower <laughs> seed side. Like chicken. Yeah. You know, it's like more it's protein. It, just, it's, it doesn't taste that bad. I think you have to just get into the mindset that people live off of this. And if you were ever stuck yeah. in the woods, this is what you would want to live off of, too. So you Chocolate just have to try everything. Grasshoppers, yeah. for sure. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and so you got you to gotta just be open-minded about it. And no, if it you was, try it and you don't it like good. it, then okay, you don't like it. But yeah. I'm, I'm not the type of person to be like, oh, no, there's legs in there. Oh, no, there's wings. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give it a try. It's good. This takes a whole new meaning to slimy yet satisfying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I can't stop laughing. Well, my, my question is, do you think they could have gotten away with such a flavor before they closed It's a Bugs Land? Yes. <laughs> I don't That's know. where all the bugs are now. <laughs> I would have themed it. I would have themed oh. it. I would have been like, this is a Flix pistachio. Oh. That was, that's actually really you funny. You ate Hopper. Mm. <laughs> he was right us humans are killing him oh, man. <gasps> he was right all along uh, but yeah they should open up more restaurants at downtown disney they should bless yeah. it well, i obviously. agree into that it, look at who's talking I know, it's, it's us. us but yeah when you're paying 20 or was it 12 dollars an hour and there's not that many things to spend 20 dollars to get validation at it's yeah. like uh the movie theaters, that was a no-brainer. You could just go there and you're mm -hmm. fine, you know? Um, but, yeah, unless you're eating at Naples or any of the other places that actually... Wait, if you spend $20 anywhere at Downtown Disney, you get validation, right? Yeah, because I, I bought yeah, stuff I at the Lego so. store and that's enough to get validated. Yeah. Okay. I just want... Because before it used to be you only had to, you had to get a validation stamp at certain places. You couldn't just get it anywhere, right? Oh, yeah. It was most mostly the eateries. Like, like you had to down. sit down for a meal or at the movies. Right. Okay. 
So anyway, but yeah, more restaurants. Yay. Yeah. No, yeah. I would say more immersive restaurants too. Like talking about Disney Springs, they have amazing restaurants like the Boathouse. I mean, obviously we can't have anything like that with aqua cars because there's no space for it. But something or like yeah, or water. Something like that or paddlefish. Ooh, Raglan Road. Or Raglan Road, oh, like cool. where they have live dancers and performers. Um Ooh. I think every night basically. Yeah. And it's an Irish pub. Ooh. So something fun, something interesting that you can't just do anywhere. Yeah, bring well, an, bring another House of Blues type of thing back. And yeah, it seems like, like they were already going to consume a lot of the pre-existing downtown Disney parking for the hotel. Mm -hmm. So maybe they can even expand downtown Disney into that Ooh, area. That'd be cool. And be instead really cool. of, you know, replacing what's there, use some of that area for some of these more expansive ideas that you're talking about. You know, because if you need room for, you know, dancers and stuff, you got to have a pretty big restaurant, right? So yeah. maybe they can use some of that area, which would have been where the hotel sits and now is going to be nothing. Yeah, that's true because they are making a bridge to go from the structure to downtown Disney. Yeah. So you the won't even need the parking bridge. anymore. Yeah. Right. That, that I'm, I'm sure Disney's listening. They're going to post <laughs> about it tomorrow. So well, we Dis should... Disney's all about it, but Anaheim's just going to shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> We'll Maybe. see in November. Well, we should <laughs> we should boat. do a future discussion where we talk about what our ideas would be for a, a new and improved downtown Disney. Ooh. Do one of our armchair Imagineering talks. There we go. Yeah, that would be good. I think, like Melissa says, after we have a little bit more, more decisions have been made, essentially, after the election. Because those three open seats really could change the entire visual of downtown Disney. Because who knows? those three new seats could determine whether that hotel does end up going up. Right now, this stance by Disney is we're not doing it because they weren't going to receive some of the incentives that right. were originally set up back in 2015. The TLDR about it is that this entire thing started because Disney wanted to push the hotel a few hundred feet forward so that it connected more with the downtown Disney area. But because they're zoning had it set to be built several hundred feet back, they said, well, you moved the location, and so now you don't qualify for all these subsidies. Elected officials in Anaheim didn't like that Disney was receiving all of these incentives. Disney is the biggest uh, tourist attraction pull in Anaheim. Yeah. You know, they don't have anything like that in the entire city. Even after this entire uh, incentive program was set, Disney would get a, a rebate or like a refund from the city because of how much they were spending from to build these hotels ground up. The city was still going to be making millions and billions of dollars from this in additional taxes. And it was going to generate all sorts of jobs for Anaheim. It was just going to increase the amount of money being spent. If you have a luxury hotel, most of the people that stay in luxury hotels, like aside from the couple that exist now, you have the Disneyland Hotel and then you have the Grand Californian. But then the two nearest ones to the area are in Huntington Beach and in Newport Beach. So if you had another one that was close to downtown Disney, a lot more money is going to funnel into the businesses at downtown Disney. I mean, I hate to say it and I hate to take a side on this one, but... I feel like Anaheim is the one losing out on this. Like, I get what they were oh, trying yeah, to sure. do, but 
it's not Disney that's going to lose out because they'll funnel their money into adding more attractions, into expanding the park into the small area they have left. How this will affect building permits for them in the future is still yet to be seen. But if they don't funnel it into hotels, they'll just funnel it into the parks. But the idea like that you guys were talking about more eateries, I agree because after Tortilla Joe's, that side of downtown Disney is just dead. There's like nothing there. If I didn't yeah. have to go over there to get on the monorail to get back into the park, I probably wouldn't even go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should build a larger tiki-inspired restaurant where Rainforest Cafe is. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's you one know what I mean? Tiki. That'd be great. <laughs> you can have fun. your Polynesian dancers. You can incorporate <laughs> a little bit what we used to see next to the tiki room in the Polynesian area. You know, the show that they used to have? Oh, yeah. Like, what if you brought that out of the park and you just made it into that restaurant? Like you said, it's big enough to house some dancers. You got the shows. You already kind of got a theme that you can work with, just a little bit of restructuring to make it tiki-fied instead of, you know, pyramidified. I think it's good. I think you guys have some great ideas here. Yeah, you would still have Trader Sam's. <laughs> There's not never too much tiki, VJ. And then Tropical Hideaway, too. I don't Heck know. Yeah. But most people can't get into Tropical it, Hideaway. Speaking about, like, when they have their tiki day, I mean, these places get so filled up that any other space would be so welcomed. Yeah. I mean, just to accommodate that, things like that. And then they could sell more Disney things that are tiki. <laughs> Every one of the hitchhiking mugs. A Madame Leota tiki cup. A new mug every month. Ooh. Tiki mug of the month club. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Here's an idea. I'm sure a bunch of people that are into the tiki culture were like, what? That's a thing? No, it's not. (laughs) But maybe we can start one. Oh, man. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I, I like that idea, Gavin. I think if we have a, our own armchair imagineering session for downtown Disney, it would be super cool, especially for that side of it. And like you said, Vijay, with the, with the parking lot connecting or the new structure connecting to downtown Disney with the bridge, who knows? They may not even need the bridge after this uh, because I think the bridge was needed because of the hotel that was going to take up that area. Like now it could just be walk-in like that could be now the new entrance to downtown Disney instead of in between Mm -hmm. where the Espen zone and rainforest cafe were. (laughs) Did you just say that? The what? The the way that you pronounce ESPN. The the Espen zone. Yeah. He was doing, (laughs) he was doing the blended way. It's a restaurant. It's the Espen zone. (laughs) All right, guys, before we continue, I want to send a quick shout out to somebody. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear. Wait, wait. There it is. Uh-oh. That sound means we have a brand new fairy godparent. Yay. Nice. Yay. So quick shout out to Eddie, who became our fairy godparent this last week. Thank you so much, Eddie, for uh, for joining the FGP squad. If you guys don't know what the FGP squad is, we like to call them our podcast fairy godparents. They gave themselves the name FGP squad. If you guys want more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad, head on over to podcasters.com slash FGP. You'll find a little bit about what the FGP squad is, a link to sign up. You can become a member for as little as $1 a month, but for a contribution of at least $5 monthly, you also get the exclusive fairy godparents 
godparent button as a thank you for your support. I think this is a really good time to tell you guys that as part of the tiers that we've been working on for Patreon, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. And you guys know that one of the one of the funnest things that we do on Instagram are the birthday shout outs. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of fun with the birthday shout outs. Like I think every year they've gotten progressively cooler looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but the template that we use now to wish him a happy birthday, I kind of like that one. And I want to use it next year again. Like I might change the colors a little bit, but I like it. It's pretty magical. And so from now on, anyone that's a fairy godparent from at least that dollar giving us a dollar monthly on Patreon, we'll get the birthday shout out on our Instagram page. Uh, As you know, with the addition of Instagram stories, we have a different way of shouting people out now. So if you signed up for the birthday shout out list, uh, as of next year, if you're not a fairy godparent, your birthday shout out will be in an Instagram story. But if you're part of the FGP squad, your birthday shout out will be on our main Instagram page, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff going forward. So... It's just a small, you know, thank you for those people that are part of the FGP squad, you know, so we can shout them out in additional ways. That change is going to be happening very soon. If you guys are part of the FGP squad and haven't sent me your birthday, please send me an email to comments at podcateers.com so we can notate it because January 1st, that's going into effect. And it doesn't mean you can't sign up for the birthday shout out list. It just means that if you're not part of the FGP squad, it'll be in an Instagram story and available for 24 hours. But if you're part of the FGP squad, your birthday shout out will live on the Instagram page. So that's one of the big changes. uh, (laughs) One of the big changes that's happening to our Patreon. Uh, Again, thank you to everyone on the FGP squad. You guys are amazing. And um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Switching gears a little bit, this week we got treated to a sneak peek of the new live-action Aladdin trailer. Did you guys get Mm -hmm. a chance to see it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, I did. Yep. What did we think? (laughs) 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 Whee! I think you blew out the speaker. (laughs) I mean, is that an appropriate way to say it? (laughs) Sorry for everybody at their cubicles listening right now. You should do like a sound warning. I'll make sure I put it out in a in a in a little alert on everybody's phone that it's coming. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was crazy that Disney showed the movie poster first and then I mean I saw it by uh Will Will Smith's tweet with the movie poster saying like, oh, I can't wait for you guys to see me blue. And I was like, oh, I got super excited for it. And then the trailer came out. I didn't even know the trailer was coming out. Mm-hmm. But that trailer, I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, the music was so good. I think that was like my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. I, to be honest, though, the animation at the very, very end with him grabbing the lamp, it was a little like there's something a little off. I don't know if it was just me. Uh, seeing, I I thought the cave wonders was great. Like all the gold was great, but then for him grabbing the lamp, there was something a little off. I don't I don't know mm. what it is exactly. Was it? Did anybody else get that, or was no, it like perfect for them? No, I need to watch it again. <laughs> I'm chalking it up to it's still in development and they're still sure. editing, and it's not fully there yet. I think that the completed version is just going to look. 10 times better. Right. I agree. Of all the live action remakes so far, and 
I mean, this is only going off the trailer. It feels like this is going to be even more true to the animated version than what I felt Beauty and the Beast was compared to what Cinderella was. Right. Uh, I agree with you, AJ. The music, so good. I love it. Ah! Epic. Epic. <laughs> what did you think of the Cave of Wonders? It looked oh, really How they good. changed it up a little. Why he didn't talk. The fact that Frank Welker is back. Right. To do this is... That made me excited. Mm-hmm. That did. I I will admit, I was really hesitant because I was afraid. Because it's, it's Aladdin. I mean, it's so... It's such a beloved film. So I was really scared to see it. But I did see it. And seeing The Cave of Wonders was like, all right, I'm... I'm good. This is going to be, we're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like the dialogue we were hearing from the cave wasn't necessarily what we would be hearing when we saw that exact little shot that we saw. Mm. So I'm not convinced that the cave won't talk, like move his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like, you know, we just saw that little glimpse of, you know, one kind of far away shot and then one kind of up close shot. And then mm-hmm. somebody walking into the cave and that whole time the cave is delivering that line. Right. And I feel like I feel like maybe they just haven't revealed how that cave is going to be animated. I can't see them not animating that cave. I really can't. Yeah. I, I mean, that is one of the most iconic things about the film. And since they're apparently going for a true recreation of it in live action, I, I, I just think they got to. They, they have to. I will say I was super disappointed that we only get to see Aladdin and then like the back of Iago. Yeah. Like the fact that we didn't even get a little major look moment at the end with the genie, like something, like something (laughs) with the genie. Cause to me, that would have broke the internet. The genie is one of the most iconic characters in the entire Disney canon. And like, that's, that's what it's all about. It's all about the genie. And man, I wanted to see him so bad. <laughs> so but bad. see, this is exactly what they wanted. Yeah, that's true. It's a, it's a tease, which is what it's supposed to be. But uh, honestly, uh, you know, I'm on record with how I feel about the live action remakes. Uh, but I also made it one of my New Year's re- resolutions to give them all a fair chance. Uh, so I'm going to carry that into 2019 and give this one a fair chance, of course. But hearing the music, like AJ mentioned, it, oh, my gosh, it, it really just made me want to pop in the animated film and watch it because it's perfect. Yeah. You know, again, I don't know why we need a new version of it because it's already perfect. But, uh, yeah, it, it did get me in the Aladdin feels for sure. All the feels. Yeah. Totes. I'm just excited to see when they escape the Cave of Wonders. That's mm-hmm. the oh, one wow. thing I wanted oh, to see yeah. as a kid. Is I want to see this in 3D so bad. <laughs> that would be a and great we are getting the flying too. carpet. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> it, this is like I I kind of imagine the scene of them escaping the Cave of Wonders, kind of mm-hmm. like the Avatar ride. Like, okay. I feel like it's going to be very similar where you're just kind of flying around. Imagine you know this I mean? in 4D. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves right now. Yeah. What, are they sandblasting you at the same time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But the detail in that lamp 
that was the how the handle is a snake. Did you guys mm-hmm. notice that? I yeah. didn't yeah. notice that. And the movie poster, I it's a it snake. Again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't pay that much close attention mm-hmm. to it. That's awesome. You know, our our buddy Skyler from the Diz Insider made a good point. He posted on Instagram. Disney's been doing a really good job with these posters that have a single item. Going all the way back to Cinderella, you had the glass slipper and nothing Mm -hmm. more in the poster. And then Mm -hmm. you got to Beauty and the Beast, and all you had was the rose. With this one, all you had was the lamp. So for all of these live-action remakes, the posters have been so enticing. They've done such a great job with it, not overloading it with a whole bunch of junk in the background. Uh, it was it was a detail that I didn't really catch on to until I saw all of the posters. So quick shout out to our buddy Skylar over at the Dis Insider. If you guys want news on movies, Disney movies in particular, they do a really great job of covering all of that stuff. Uh, we'll put a link in the blog post for the episode, podcasters.com slash 226. I love seeing them all together like that. It was just one of those details that I wish I had caught on to before. Okay, question for you guys then. If mm-hmm. that tradition holds, what will the Mulan poster be? The sword. Just the sword? You think just that's iconic enough? Do you think you don't like, think it's going to be her hairpin? <laughs> I was going to I thought the hairpin. I first thought it was going to be the sword See? and then hair on the Oh, <laughs> Mushu. it may just be Mushu? Mushu and stone. <laughs> Stony. <laughs> the little the little cricket cage? Yes, that could be good. <laughs> That's the thing, like with Mulan, I don't know if they can get away with it because I don't think there's any single iconic thing like those other movies. Yeah, it's probably gonna have to be the. It's probably gonna be a dragon. The sword. (laughs) Maybe Mushu. I think Mushu would probably be the best. Now that I think about it. But then it's not really about Mushu, right? Yeah. Like every every one, the story revolves around the item that's there. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it's mm-hmm. one of the maybe the helmet. Oh, the helmet would be a good one. Yeah, I don't feel. I feel like they wouldn't do that though. Maybe um, um I, I think Hazen's right. I think it's <laughs> gonna be the sword. It could be. But what? Okay, then. But here's the thing. What are you gonna do for sword and stone? A sword oh, and a stone. Oh snap! <laughs> but you can't have two sto- two swords. <laughs> They're totally different. One is See, a medieval sword, and know, the other one's, one's like Excalibur, a, a samurai one's a sword. Samurai sword. <laughs> yeah, that, this is actually yeah, hilarious can. because when I did my painting two years ago for the Pirates of the Caribbean 50th anniversary, and I hid all of those Disney objects in that one painting, two of yeah. the objects were the sword from Sword in the Stone and Mulan's sword. People had the hardest time figuring out what swords they went to. Because there are several swords in the Disney catalog, and True. knowing exactly what they look like, I mean, that's that's hard. You know, like, it's not as uh, unique as something like Jafar's staff. Like, you can pick yeah. that out like right. that, you know? So I, I think it's funny that you, we brought up those two swords here. And so doing that in a poster, if it didn't say the word Mulan, you wouldn't know what it was. But if you had the lamp from Aladdin, you know it's Aladdin. And if you had the shoe from Cinderella, you know it's Cinderella without the titles. But yeah. with Mulan, you would have to have the word Mulan above it for you I to know if, what it is. I think it, I true. think it's going to be a golden dragon. I mean, what other movie has like a, a golden, gold dragon? Like a golden <laughs> mushu? A golden mushu, like the one in her poster, like the... Long, oh, long, okay, I can see you know that. Oh, I'm talking about? okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, oh. 
<laughs> Back to the Aladdin poster, though. I, l- I love how it says choose wisely at the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. That was so good. Yeah. Okay, how it many times have you, like, looked at this? I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just saying I just scanned the whole thing, and it's, like, it's oh, the and only thing you read you on there really says choose close, wisely. If you look really close on the left-hand side, you'll see that there's a different color than... <laughs> yeah, there is. It's more of a bronze <laughs> oh, <wow. than> gold. <laughs> it's, like it's a slightly different hue. Wow. You wow. have a reddish three-point lighting system. <laughs> but yeah, excited for me. I can tell. I, I have to admit, I'm actually excited too. I hope Are it's not ex- Prince of Persia. I hope it's <laughs> really good. Hey, so that actually reminds me, didn't you and your wife, Charlie, recently watch the live version of The Haunted Mansion? Ah, <laughs> uh, geez. We, we actually did. We, we sat down and watched it and... I hadn't seen it since it was in the theater in 2003, I believe. And this was Charlie's very first viewing. As you may or may not know, she's fairly new to the Disney fandom, especially the park side of things. So she only last year um, became aware of what the Haunted Haunted Mansion attraction was in the first place. Uh, So... We're trying to brainstorm ideas for my Haunted Mansion 50th anniversary piece, which I'm going to be creating. And so she thought, well, let's watch the movie. Maybe we can get some inspiration. And I thought, it's a stupid idea, but let's do it. (laughs) 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 So we did. We found it streaming or we rented it. I don't remember. But uh, if we rented it, that was $3 down the drain. But anyway. uh, You should have asked me, dude. I got the DVD. Yeah, right. Uh, we should have, but yeah, we watched it and, um, I think she's here. So maybe we can get her to say a few words about it. All right. Let's bring her on. All right. Here she is. <laughs> and now take it away, Charlie. Charlie. Special guest, Charlie. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Charlie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you? Not hey, too Charlie. shabby. How about you? Hey. Hola. <laughs> you know, we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. We're talking about Disney live action remakes and it came to our attention recently that you saw the haunted mansion with Eddie Murphy. I did, yes. I mean, what do you think of the Disney live action remakes first of all? Like have you seen Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast and all these other ones? I didn't see Cinderella. I did see Beauty and the Beast. Um I would say I enjoyed it mildly. I come to Disney movies, the animated movies at least um, if they are severe comedy or a severe musical. And mm-hmm. I have no middle ground. Love the music in Beauty and the Beast, and so I was excited to see it. And, yeah, it was good. There were some scenes that I enjoyed. Um, I probably won't rewatch it, so how good Kaya found it. Anyway, I saw all that to say this. Um, I like the musical ones a lot, and that's basically what I get from Disney. All of you are very, very passionate about Disney and in love with all things Disney. I have things that I am that way about as well. And so they have the ability to disappoint me greatly when other people would be like, it wasn't that bad. That's how I feel about like the Haunted Mansion movie. <laughs> I knew what I was walking into. Uh, it's got a few years on it. It was sorry, Getty Murphy. Um, I wasn't expecting a great deal. And so did I enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I got, you know, the few Haunted Mansion references that I was able to spot out. The, um, uh, the Dapper Dans as the busts. Oh, that would, that, that made the movie for me. It was an utter delight. 
And because I have no bar for Disney, they can't really disappoint me. Um, I'm not I'm not as emotionally and mentally and physically and intellectually invested as as some people might be. I was able to take the movie at face value and go, that nah, was cute. That's actually great <laughs> to hear because yeah. uh, over the years, I mean, I've gone on record as saying that I hated the film, but I hated <laughs> it for a really long time because I'm very passionate about the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. You know, as one of my favorite attractions, the bar is super high for me when it comes to the products that go along with the mansion itself. With that said, though, a year or so ago, I resaw the film. And when I watched it again, I had a totally different take on it this time. I appreciated the film for what Disney was trying to do at the time and the audience that they were catering to. And obviously, right. when you cast somebody like Eddie Murphy, you're not going for that Dan Stevens lead role, right? You're going for Eddie Murphy. Right. And so when I Took put me a myself second to in the... place, Dan Stevens, by the way, he's beast, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And so with that said, I was able to understand why there was so many people that were younger than me that aren't as passionate about Disney that just thought, oh, it's a fine film. It's really great. It was funny. It was super enjoyable. Once I shifted out of my own mindset, I was able to enjoy it the second time around. And to hear you say that validates that for me because I thought I was just going soft on the Haunted <laughs> Mansion movie. But now that I hear you say that, I feel a little bit better about my decision about giving it that opportunity again. Because the second time around, it wasn't that bad. Like, I agree with you. I actually enjoyed it the second time around. But that's because I took myself out of my own mind and said, okay, I'm just going to watch this as a moviegoer. I'm not going to nitpick this as a Disney fan. I don't think anybody would come to the table being like, greatest film of all time. No, I agree. <laughs> In no way, shape, or form. But it's not Oscar worthy. It's really not. And now that I've gone to the parks more, and I too have affinity for Haunted Mansion, um, especially the aesthetics, singularly the aesthetics, I guess I would say. I mean, it, <laughs> I like the faster rides, but the aesthetics of it I'm obsessed with. I wanted certain things in the movie that didn't ultimately make it, but it's in that weird spot of like, well, and the same weird spot they were when they were creating the Haunted Mansion. It's like, do you make this goofy or do you make it truly scary? Yeah. Obviously, Disney film with their intended audience, they weren't gonna, they weren't gonna make it super scary. Yeah. So I knew it was probably gonna be a goofy type of movie, and and all the little small haunted mansion plugs, you know, um, you know, being the the bride or the wallpaper or the busts or anything like that. I got a little spark of joy out of like, oh yeah, cool, that's in the ride. Yeah, I know that. Right I know on. that. Whereas I could totally understand somebody who like you that has loved Haunted Mansion for so long. That's the thing. If you were getting a Haunted Mansion movie today in 2018, I, I, I feel like you could expect more than what that oh, movie yeah. was. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, sh and should. Um, it's kind of the journey you went on kind of actually reminds me of Gavin. Like when he came home from seeing Frozen in the theater and, um, and I was like, was it good? And he was like, uh, no. And I was like, oh, really? Why? And he was like, ah, oh, the animated face is this and steps backward here, blah, blah, blah. Just certain things that he was, I think he was so in shock. He was expecting like them to like, constantly go up and up in the level, quality level. Yeah. And, um, 
And so I heard that, and then a lot of his Disney friends were just like, oh, Frozen, blah, blah, blah. And then he mentioned uh, the birds wearing little boater hats. And that's when I sat down and I watched it, and uh, I loved it, loved it immensely. And that was it. That's all Frozen was in my life. Whereas anytime two or more Disney heads are gathered, (laughs) a a discussion of Frozen and how it just is too much comes up. But Gavin then got to watch it with me a second time. And then I think he watched it a third time with somebody else. And as he watched it more, he was kind of able to just sit back and kind of just enjoy it. I'm like, don't think about like the plot. Don't think about their like, stiff faces don't think about just like like laugh at Olaf's jokes and like listen to music and do that and he said he has begrudgingly said he likes it more than (laughs) he did before so it's kind of like you know he just has that (laughs) I was really shocked at the kind of response of Frozen um, as I meet more Disney people yeah Frozen is an anomaly for Disney because (laughs) it it's either you absolutely hate it or you absolutely love it for most people and there's very few that will fall in the middle that could appreciate it for the musical that it was. And especially when they did Olaf's Frozen Adventure, well, the the movie long before the movie. Remember the 20-minute the short, uh, yep. which was essentially its own mini Frozen film? It wasn't that uh, bad. <laughs> it, it actually wasn't that bad. I, I mean, when I first saw it, I just felt this was way too long to open another film. They should have just released it as a Christmas special or something. A lot of people's criticism was there was too many songs. They were trying to squeeze this too much. And I enjoyed all of the songs in it. And the more I've seen it again since, and I hear myself humming the songs <laughs> from that short, which I generally don't do. I have caught myself doing that thinking like, ah, I must have enjoyed that way more than I thought or else I wouldn't be humming this tune. You know, so... Yeah, I'm glad I'm getting a chance to revisit some of these films and seeing them with different eyes. You know, trying to trying to analyze them the way that a non-Disney fan would or, you know, a child watching it for the very first time, for instance. Like, we fall in love with these films that, who knows, like, our kids might end up hating one day. You oh, know, definitely. I, I love Aladdin. I love Beauty and the Beast. I love Little Mermaid. But who knows if our kids are going to love them? They you don't know. listen to the same music as we do, so... Yeah. It makes sense. They won't watch the same movies. And I like that you guys... Like, I like the the um, the critical aspect. You've got the head and the heart whenever you review something and evaluate something that Disney has put out. And I think with all the time and the money and emotion you guys put into it, you are fully allowed to have these very strong feelings one way or the other. So I like that there's like a, an, a more analytical side where it's like was this a good film? And the answer might be no, but if the other question is, did we have a good time? It's like, oh yeah, we really did. That was a blast. Yeah. That's perfect. that's awesome. Thank you. We appreciate You're very welcome. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on, Charlie. We appreciate it. Okay, here's Gavin. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> How many dirty things did she say about me? Well, we know that you sleep with an Elsa doll now. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't let it go. And Hazen doesn't want you. He wants Charlie on the podcast. Uh, I told Charlie that she's hired. She's a lot more witty than I am. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that we had a chance to hear her perspective on it because 
I think we're so ingrained in the Disney culture that we become a lot more critical about the things that are put out. But, you know, Charlie made a good point. Was it the best thing ever? Maybe not. But did you have fun? That's the question we don't always ask ourselves, right? And especially mm-hmm. now, like I said, with Olaf's Frozen Adventure, I find myself humming those songs all the time. And it, there's obviously a reason for it, right? Just they don't were hum catchy it right enough now. for me to want to sing them yeah. or to hum them while I'm doing something. And was it a super long short? Yeah, it was like three times longer <laughs> than it needed to be. But ultimately, it was a pretty good animated short. It, which could have been its own Christmas special, but I mean, now we're harping on it. But don't now you... we're shifting back into that zone. <laughs> but uh, so, don't you guys um, have that movie though that you hated when you first saw, and then it actually grew on you, and it's it. probably one of your favorite movies. Like for Zoolander, for me, I'm totally not on Disney, but Zoolander, I hated the first time I saw it. I was like, this is, and I think I was probably just in a bad mood. And then it's one of my favorite all time movies. I could quote that thing all day long, you know? But yeah. <laughs> that was totally me and Maleficent. Oh, really? I didn't like it for a long time. And I had to rewatch it. And it took me the third time to be like, okay, I could, I could deal with this film. It's not that bad. I was just being really, really, really critical over it. <laughs> you were being that I Disney love fan. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Well, Maleficent. She's amazing, not even so... evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh. But there's a part two, so. Well, what know, are, I'll go see it. What are your? Well, she's even less evil. <laughs> no. What are you I hoping for part two? Anymore. <laughs> what are your hopes for part two? That she goes back to wanting to kill Avara. Not me. <laughs> I, I hope mean, they show her at the soup her. kitchen handing out uh, meals for the poor. <laughs> <laughs> she no, gets her wings back. They really show the lighter side of Maleficent. <laughs> it's like uh, she may have some hate, but you know, ultimately, she's a really good person. She runs a she runs a AA session for other <laughs> Disney villains. <laughs> <laughs> What's the line from Wreck It Ralph? It's right. like I. I, I am a bad guy, and that and is okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note about amazing Disney live-action features, now it's time to say goodbye to all our mm-hmm. listeners. P.O.D. Listen every Wednesday. K.E.T. Why? Because there's a new episode. Wow. Double <laughs> E-R-S. <laughs> and on that note, I think I, it's time to I, yeah. end the episode. Wow. So before we do, I just want to remind you <laughs> that a really great way to help out the podcast is the next time that you need to buy something on Amazon, start that trip by going to podcasters.com slash Amazon. Why? Because we have a huge Amazon button that you can click on. Next time you need to make a purchase, just click on that big Amazon button. It'll take you over to Amazon using our special link. And Amazon will give us a small commission from that purchase as a thank you for mentioning them on the podcast. And uh, we just want to send a quick thank you to all of you that are currently using our link. Uh, Again, if you want more information about becoming part of the FGP squad, podcasters.com slash FGP. If you want to connect with any of us and you want to follow us on any of our social networks, head on over to podcasters.com team for more information. 
And that's it, guys. I'm going to see if I can head down to downtown Disney and catch the the, uh, the West Beat Sings people as the... What are they called when they're in Scarolers? Halloween mode? Yes, the Scarolers. I want to go see the Scarolers at downtown Disney. So nice. I don't know if I'll make it. It all depends on whether or not Mickey and Friends has parking available. But we'll see. Because <laughs> it seems to run out quite frequently. So... Yeah. Until next week, here is to be your shoes and make your ears. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Major luck. Hurry back.